Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Interactive Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Racine. I am very excited for this week's episode. So as you guys can see by the title, these are exercise variants you're going to be wanting to add into your lifts, okay? So before I speak too much on it, before I get into it, you guys know the drill. I don't even have to tell y'all. We are starting with a little life catch-up. So I don't really have too much to catch you guys up on, actually, because it is a Tuesday. It is June 13th. Who am I recording so early in the week on a Tuesday? Like, hello, who do I think I am? (laughs) I'm just so on top of my shit this week, I guess. No, but the reason why I am recording this so early is because I'm going on a cruise this week. I actually don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet. I want to say that I touched on it last week, but I don't think that I did. I can't remember. But yes, if this is news to you guys, I am going on a cruise. I, it is from Thursday to Monday. So like I said, today's Tuesday. Then tomorrow, I'm actually getting pizza with the whole family. So I'm me and then my boyfriend's family are meeting up with my dad and his girlfriend and then her daughter who's close in age with me. We're just going to be one big happy family. We are all going for pizza together. It is actually one of our favorite pizza spots. So it is very fitting because Connecticut is known to have like the best pizza. Hello, look at Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews. We have the best around. Um, Sorry, New York and New Jersey, you guys do not compare, but I love me a good thin crust pizza. I was actually thinking of this the other day. I think for my top three favorite foods, number one has to be Japanese food. I love Japanese food. I love all Asian foods, honestly, but Japanese is my favorite. I love sushi, I love hibachi, I love like the noodles, Mm, it's so good. Then for number two, I would say my second favorite food has to be Mexican food and Mexican food specifically. I love me some good enchiladas, I like tacos, I like chips and queso, all that good stuff. I am really excited to have some bomb Mexican food when I'm down in Texas because I mean, All of us have heard of Tex-Mex, come on, like, you know, you know the vibes. And then a close third has to be just a good old thin crust cheese pizza. I love me some good pizza. I am not picky in the slightest when it comes to food, like, I will literally eat anything and enjoy it, but I don't know, I'm afraid that when I get down to Austin, the pizza is just not gonna hit because, like, they don't know how to make good pizza. I don't know. Like, I'm just like so spoiled living in Connecticut with the best pizza there is. But that being said, I am really excited for tomorrow night. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then Thursday to Monday, we have the cruise. It's actually leaving out of New York and it goes to Bermuda. And I've been to Bermuda before on another cruise that I believe. Um, But I love cruises. Oh my goodness. There's so much fun. I think the best part of it, honestly, is the fact that like, you can't go anywhere. (laughs) Like, there's no way to get lost. So, you can just, like, run around and do whatever you want on the cruise ship. And it's, like, like I said, you can't get lost. You're just, like, consolidated on this one little boat with everyone. But it's not little. It's actually pretty big. But I also love cruises because there is no internet and no Wi-Fi. I think that's honestly the best part of the cruise because 
it forces you to get away from your phone and like even if you wanted to you don't have the option to use it which I think is so refreshing I love like a good break for my phone I don't know like but only when I'm forced to because obviously it's hard but for example like when I go on flights I know a lot of people like using the like the wi-fi that they have on planes but I refuse to I use it as my like no phone time same with like going to bed at night I try my hardest to I'll put on a show on my laptop and then I'll like put my phone down and not really go on it too much I don't know I've been kind of bad at that recently because I like playing my little iPhone games <laughs> but I don't really like going on social media at night but I don't know now I'm like off on a phone tangent but I'm just so excited for the cruise it's going to be me my boyfriend and then my dad and his girlfriend so it's gonna be so much fun oh my goodness I'm like looking at my luggage in my room right now speaking of my room me and my boyfriend shipped everything down to Austin so on what was it Friday we went down to this shipping container facility everything went so so smoothly so my cousin's husband actually like runs this little shipping boxes like they only make the boxes they don't do like the shipping really I don't think like the packing and all that but he was able to give us a really good deal and help us out so we packed up the car we had to do like two trips and we filled two huge boxes full of all of our shit well we didn't even fill the second one actually it was just one and a half boxes but it came out to be literally 650 pounds you guys like what the fuck what did we pack in there like fucking rocks i guess <laughs> but no it actually went so so smoothly we packed everything up it was such a quick process so easy i am so grateful again that we were able to just like have everything go so well but yeah so that's what i was doing last week i packed up all my shit so like looking around my room it's so weird because it still doesn't feel too empty since it's not like I'm taking all my furniture down with me too, but like just having no clothes left, no shoes, none of my like little decor items or just like small random things. Like I was able to pack up everything we would need for the kitchen. We got like a TV. Um, my boyfriend was able to pack his like, his like PS5 and like his posters and like all the stuff we needed. Again, I'm just so grateful. Everything went so well. So that means that everything is all done and ready for us. We just need to move ourselves in and then when we're down there, get cars and car insurance. So it's all coming together. So like I said, the cruise goes until Monday. Then next Tuesday, I have nothing going on except packing and sleeping and getting ready because early Wednesday morning, we are leaving for Austin. So oh my gosh, wait, that's literally a week and a day away. I did not even put that together. That is so crazy. Oh my gosh. Ah. Anyway, it is going to be a high of 105 degrees Fahrenheit some days in Austin. So I am very interested to see how I'm going to be able to handle the heat because I love my AC. I love a cool breeze. I love some nice cool water. So like I said, I'm interested to see if I'm not a little bitch about the heat. If it's a dry heat, I can so handle it. But once it gets humid, that's when it like pisses me off. <laughs> but 
but I'm also really excited to see what's within walking distance of our apartment because where I live now, I live in a pretty like low-key resident residential area. Like looking out my window, they're just woods. <laughs> like I live in a very like low-key small town. So I don't have anything that's within walking distance, but looking at the map for where my apartment is going to be in Austin, it looks like I got some fun things around me. Some fast food, some convenience stores, little grocery mark um little markets, like grocery shops, all that good stuff. So I'm really excited to like walk places and do things like that and just like be in the sun. I like can't wait. I'm also really excited to meet new people. Like I am so excited to make friends down there. As y'all know, I am like a huge people person. So that's definitely like something I'm so eager to do. And then also spending my weekends like on a boat or paddle boarding or just like on the lake, on the water. I feel like that's a very Austin thing to do is like on the weekends, everyone is just finding water, <laughs> like, wherever they can, you know, so I'm just so excited for that, oh my god, I mean, as y'all know, I could ramble about this literally all day long, but I think I'm going to spare you guys, and without further ado, just dump, jump, excuse me, dump, <laughs> right into the episode, jump right into it, so as I said, start adding these variants into your workout routine, okay, so before I talk about these different variants that you can add to your lifts, when or why should you add these, right? So keep in mind through this episode, while I'm going through this list, I think I have five or six different options in here. Think of why or when you would like to use these. So for example, if you want to break through a plateau, like if you feel like you've kind of like hit the top for your training, you're not really building any more muscle, you're not really gaining or losing any more weight, you know, you feel like you're stuck. Maybe you're getting bored of your routine. You know, you're sh you're sick of the same old. You want to try something new. Maybe you're trying to work towards a new PR. And instead of just doing the regular, you know, classic five by five training that you've always done, you want to see like if something else would work better for a PR, right? Or you just want to try something new and switch things up, you know? This kind of ties in with getting bored of your routine. If you're just someone where you like you like a change day to day. You don't like being in the same routine. You want to try something new, switch things up. These would be great. Also, if you're short on time for your workout, let's say that day you only have 30 minutes instead of your typical hour and a half. A lot of these are really great for time saving too. Maybe you're someone where you need to fix your form and you don't really want to drop the weight like crazy or you don't want to slow it down like crazy. Maybe these variants are different ways that you could fix your form that would work better for you. You never know. Or you want to reduce your risk of injury. I know lifting, especially when you get into the really heavy weights for your body size, there's there's a chance of injury. There's, it's definitely up there. So a lot of these would also definitely reduce that risk. And then lastly, if you just want to learn new techniques. The great thing about lifting and health and just like exercise overall is there is constantly so much to learn and I feel like no one knows everything in that space. So if you're someone who considers yourself a lifelong learner or you're just learning new things, you're really interested in this field, this would be great, you know, to learn new techniques. So going right into number one, the first variant I have on this list is isometric holds. So basically what these are is it's when you're holding the weight in like the position that you would 
typically like move it around in, right? But you just hold it there. So for example, let's say you're doing an isometric hold with um, the barbell on bench press. Okay, let's say you're benching. Well, when you're doing the isometric hold, instead of, you know, completing the full rep, when you unrack it, just hold it up right there. You know, with your arms straight up, with the weight, the bar over your body, just hold it there. And isometric holds, these are really, really great for increasing your muscle growth because these are not as taxing as doing the full rep. You can kind of hold it there. These are very good for increasing hypertrophy, which obviously, as we know, is muscle size. This also really helps with increasing your muscular endurance. So what I mean by that is, let's say you're used to doing five by fives, right? You only do five reps. And now you're moving into a block where you're doing three by 15. Well, 15 reps is a lot more than five reps, right? You're doing 10 more reps than you normally do. That might feel like cardio for a lot of people. You might feel your muscles getting fatigued, even though you know that you're stronger than that. You know that you can do the 15. You're just getting so out of breath. You feel like you don't have the endurance. Well, by doing isometric holds, that's going to help your muscular endurance. So if that's something you struggle with, definitely try implementing these. This also helps with stabilization, you know, stabilizing the muscle. Let's say you're doing an isometric hold with a bicep curl. So basically you would have, when you go to do the regular bicep curl, you know, your elbows are tucked in next to your side. You don't try to swing them around too much. And you kind of just, you don't like bring it all the way up to your shoulder, but you bring it up a good amount, right? Well, when you're doing the isometric hold with the dumbbell, you're going to kind of keep your arm at 90 degrees with your palm facing the ceiling, obviously, and you're going to hold it there. So obviously, when you hold it there, you know, you're resisting gravity. You're not going to let that weight fall. It's helping to stabilize your muscle. So that's really great, too. And the really great thing about these is you can load a lot more weight with them. So obviously, let's say, let's use the um, bench bar example again, right? So you're benching, you unrack the barbell. Well, when you're going for a PR, let's say you're, you're going for a PR of 225 pounds. You unrack it and you hold it there for a second. You're able to hold it fine, right? It's not like you're holding it there and it's falling on top of you. You're able to hold it up when you unrack it. But then, you know, you go for the rep and you might fail, right? Well, even though you failed the rep, you can still hold that bar up there for maybe 10 seconds or 15 seconds, right? Well, that's why isometric holds are so good because you can still load a ton more weight than you might have not been able to doing a full rep or a couple reps of it but you can still hold it there. And that's why this is so good for muscle growth. That's why this is so good for hypertrophy. Um, That's why it helps increase strength, muscular endurance, stabilization, all that good stuff, because you're able to increase the weight so much and it's safe, you know? Same with the bicep curl. Maybe you can't curl 30s, but you can hold it there, right? Again, same idea. So that's why I think isometric holds are really great. One way that I really like using these is finishing it off as the last set of my workout excuse me where maybe I've already done a three by ten of bicep curls but I just really want to burn those bicep muscles out and I just hold it there for 10 or 15 seconds or it's really good if you're doing isolateral movements where you're moving one side at the time right or unilateral I don't know the correct term for that one but you know you're doing alternating bicep curls right so you're doing the right first and then the left and switching it Well, 
I like using this too where while one side is working, the other side is holding the dumbbell still, right? And that can go for a lot of other workouts as well. So definitely try those out. Number two is slow negatives. So for example, let's say we're doing an RDL, right? When you're going down and then you hit around mid shin and then you come back up, the negative is when you are lowering yourself into that movement, right? Same with leg press. Let's say you unrack the um, the leg press and you start lowering your knees down to your chest right before pushing the weight back up. That's the negative. Or same with, you know, a barbell hip thrust. You lower it down before coming back up. That's the negative. When you slow down your negative, that dramatically increases your hypertrophy, your muscle growth, okay? Dramatically. Basically, when you're performing a workout, the reason why you feel sore the next day is because while doing that workout, you're making these tiny micro tears in like the muscle fibers, right? Tiny, tiny tears. And then when it repairs itself, it ends up stronger because it got torn down and then it fixed itself, right? And it strengthens. That's how the muscle grows and strengthens, right? So that's why we feel sore because it's building itself back up. Well, when you rush through an exercise, you're not allowing it to do what it's supposed to do. You're not allowing it that time to create all of those tiny tears. Not just that, but you're also, you know, dramatically increasing your risk of injury. When you do a slow negative, it's not only helping get all of those little micro tears into your muscle fibers, which increase growth, but it's also going to help you focus on form. The slower you go, the more in tune you can feel with the movement, right? Not just that, but it's also helping you focus on your mind-muscle connection. So that's when, okay, I'm doing an RDL, but oh, now I'm really able to feel it in my glutes more than I was previously. Or instead of my lower back taking over, I really feel my hammies working, right? Your mind-muscle connection is focusing on the muscles that need to be recruited, and like I said, you're going to have less of a risk of injury. So the slower you go, the, l- the less you're going to hurt yourself, right? Let's say you're on a cable machine and this actually happened at my old gym. Some guy was swinging around the weights on the cables and the cable snapped, okay? And then he like hit himself in the face. Well, you know, if he was using the cable as it should be used, that wouldn't have happened, right? And of course, like I said, if this is dramatically increasing hypertrophy, That just means more muscle gains overall. And slow negatives are also really great for when you don't have access to a full gym. So what I mean by this is, let's say you're in a hotel gym and the dumbbells only go up to 30 or 50 pounds. And for RDLs, you usually use 80s. Let's just throw that for an example. Well, you gotta, you know, you have to work with what you got, right? It's not like you can magically find a pair of 80 pound dumbbells and I don't really think tying together the weights would be all that safe. So go slower in the movements. Maybe if you normally do a tempo of like it takes you two seconds to get down, increase that to like 10 seconds and see what a difference that feels like, right? Super slow-mo training. I guess you could kind of like tie that in with slow negatives, but it's more dramatic. Super slow-mo training is basically this style of training that old school bodybuilders would use when this was in the 1900s and they just didn't make dumbbells that big at all. Like they didn't make dumbbells over 100 pounds. I don't even think at one point they had dumbbells over 50 pounds. So you have all these huge jacked bodybuilder dudes and they're like, okay, well, 
what can I do with this 50 pound dumbbell? Well, they just trained very fucking slow. Like, could you, could you imagine doing like a bicep curl and then like taking 30 seconds to do one curl? Well, if you can't, maybe try it out, you know, see how that feels. But just know that slow negatives have such, like, so they're so good for you. They, they're just like, they're, they're a great workout. And I feel like a lot of people neglect this because it's time consuming. It doesn't feel great. And it's not always fun to go slow, but these are definitely very high reward and extremely low risk. Number three is start timing your rest periods. Okay. So something I'm, excuse me, I'm guilty of is taking way too long in between my sets I feel like I just like go off into like la la land. I don't know. I'm just like daydreaming in between or maybe I'll check my phone and then I get distracted or I go to the water fountain and I'm like taking too long, whatever it is. Maybe you are taking way too long rest periods or the other way around. If you're someone where you're very antsy and you always need to be doing something, maybe your rest periods are too short or you're not actually resting. You're actually like running around the gym in between every set, you know? So really start timing your rest periods and find the time that works best for you. Maybe the amount of time that you're resting is just not optimal for your own body in regards to muscle and strength gains, you know? Some people might need 30 seconds in between their sets and some people might need a minute. But just remember that the longer you do take in between sets, first of all, it's just going to make for a longer lift and not everyone has time for that. But you're also not going to be reaping the best gains that you can be because if you're doing a nice and easy, you know, three by 10 of your accessory, but you're resting for five minutes in between each set, you're you're not making as much progress as you think you might be because you don't want to like fully allow your muscles to cool down and start over because first of all, you don't need to be taking that much time. But then second of all, if you let your muscles cool down in between each set, then what was the stretching for? You know, you're not staying warm, right? So definitely start timing your rest periods. This is like, you know, I need to practice what I preach right here. This is a piece of advice that I definitely need to take. I was actually getting pretty good at it a couple weeks ago, but I don't know. Now that I've just been like all over the place, I feel like I have not been as good with my rest periods as I should be. I don't know. But yeah, definitely make sure you are And this doesn't just go for taking too long in between sets. It is very important that you get enough rest in between your workout sets, especially with heavy compounds. So if you're someone where you practice the big three, right? You do your squat, bench, and deadlift. If you're only taking, you know, 30 seconds in between each set and you're doing, you know, heavy like sets that are like one to four reps, you need more time than that because you will hurt yourself. And not just that, but if you're taking too short of a rest time in between, you're not going to be able to lift as much as you actually can, right? So give that a try. Start timing your rest periods, whether you have a watch or you look at the clock in the wall or you time yourself on, you know, your clock app, whatever you need to do, make sure you are adequately resting with the most optimal time in between each sets. There isn't really much else to say on that one. So jumping into number four, this is one that I really like. And although it sounds so, so simple, it's something that a lot of people overlook and don't actually practice. And 
This is drastically change your rep ranges, okay? And I don't just mean go from, you know, three to five reps to like six to eight reps. I mean, if you've never done one to four reps before, do it for every every exercise, every set. If you've never done 15 to 20 reps before, do it. Our bodies are so adaptable. They adapt very easy to a lot of things. And if you just do the same three by 10 for every single workout, every single set, every time you go lift, your body's going to get used to it. But the second you start doing that one to four rep range or that 15 to 20 rep range, you are going to be so shocked at your progress. This is something that the podcast Mind Pump with um, Sal, Adam, and Justin, and Doug, <laughs> they, um, they preach this a lot, actually. They talk about how valuable it is every three to four weeks that you should be switching up your training. And I really think that's part of why I responded so well to their program that I ran last summer, because the way that they structure their programs, or at least this one that I had from them, I did MAPS Aesthetic, they have, you know three, I think it was three phases, right? They have the first, second, and third phase. And the way that it works is each phase like slowly adds more volume, okay? So the first phase is a lot of lower rep. The second phase is, you know, mid to higher rep. And then the third has high rep and supersets, a lot of supersets. So I think it's um in each, you know, each, they explain each one. They talk about what you're supposed to feel in your workouts, like what rep ranges and sets you should do, how your body should look, all that good stuff. Well, the reason why that's so valuable is, like I said, our body adapts and we really need to switch things up to continue sending that strong muscle building signal, okay? That signal definitely weakens when we just stick to the same rep ranges, this is the easiest way possible to blow through a plateau if you've hit a plateau. This is something that I've been incorporating more into my workouts, I would say. I know a lot of people like to say that they switch up their rep ranges like all the time. Like, oh yeah, for my compounds, I always do low rep. My accessories, you know, I do mid rep and then the isolations I do really high and that's all in one workout or it's like, Every other time I bench, I go from 5x5 five five to 3x10 and I switch on and off every other week. The reason why that isn't... So technically on paper, it's basically equally as effective as like blocking your program and, you know, doing three weeks of low rep, three weeks of mid, three weeks of high, etc. And then starting over. The reason why I don't like jumping back and forth with rep ranges is... And they talk about this a lot on the Mind Pump podcast as well. Being in the mindset of one to four reps versus a mindset of 15 to 20 is very different. When you are going for a one rep max, let's say you're doing a heavy single of a deadlift. You are focusing on just getting the weight up. Everything is moving at once. You're not focusing on trying to feel that stretch in your lower back or hamstrings or using your posterior chain overall, you are trying to get your entire body to move that weight up as quickly as possible and to function as effectively as possible, right? You just need to get it up. But let's say you're doing 20 reps of a deadlift, okay? We're just going to stick with the deadlift example. You 
are going to be like in such a different mindset. You're focusing on endurance. You're focusing on your breath work. You're probably focusing on your form a bit more so it doesn't start giving out halfway through. You know, there's there's just a lot of different things that you're paying attention to when you're doing a heavy single versus 20 even slow reps, okay? Not only is changing your rep ranges good for blowing through a plateau, but it's also great for reigniting that spark. So I find myself that after three or four weeks of sticking in the same rep range and I'm starting to hit a little bit of a plateau, I'm not really seeing as much progress as I did in weeks one and two, kind of getting tired of it. Let's say I was doing high rep. Once I switch back to low rep, I found my passion again. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Like, I can move more weight this way. You know, it's like a very different feeling of how heavy the, f- the weight feels, you know. You're not doing as many reps, so it's not as cardio and endurance focused. All of a sudden, your goals and the feeling and the way that you're working out, everything shifts. So, I could not recommend this one more. Honestly, I'm looking at my other... Um, variations. I have to say that this variant of changing your rep ranges is probably my favorite because it's the easiest. I shouldn't say easy, but it's the simplest. And I really think it's a lot more effective than people give it credit. Number five. So I have two more. Number five is kind of, I grouped these all together because they're all the same idea, but they're all slightly different. So this variant is Start utilizing supersets, drop sets, and giant sets. So, starting with supersets, a superset is basically when you perform two workouts back to back. So, one workout right after the other. For example, let's say that you're doing a barbell bent over row to a dumbbell rear delt fly. Okay. So, you do 10 reps of the barbell bent over row. Then you put the barbell down, you grab the dumbbells, and without any rest or anything in between, you go right into 10 reps of the dumbbell rear delt flies. So why would you do a superset, right? These are great for when you're short on time. Let's say you only have half an hour to work out, but you really want to pack in as many workouts as possible. Boom, superset. There you go. Instead of, you know, taking that extra rest time in between each set and then doing those workouts one after another, you can just combine them and do them with a superset together, right? These are also great to pack in some extra volume in your workouts. If you're someone where your body responds very well to high volume, maybe you're someone where you want to use supersets more in your workouts, but definitely listen to your body with this one. People can very easily do too much volume in their lifts and in their workouts, which leads to you know, hindering your progress. You won't get as much progress from that. So definitely see how your body responds before you implement this into your regular routine. But yes, it's great to pack in some extra volume. If you're someone where you've never tried a high volume workout, supersets would be a great way to try that. I think these are also really great to burn out a muscle group. So Let's say that you hit legs and your entire workout was kind of hammy focused, but you really want your last one to burn out your quads, right? So you just do as many reps of leg extensions straight into as many reps as you can of sissy squats, just body weight, right? That will just destroy your quads, right? It's just going to burn them out. So 
that's the way that I really like using supersets is for a nice burnout. I'm never really short on time when I go to the gym because I don't like feeling stressed out if I'm short on time. I just find another time to go. So I don't really utilize it for that too much. And as for volume, I feel like I found a really good balance in my lifts, but I do really love these for burning out a muscle group at the end of my workout. Or I also really like using these for working out two different muscle groups at once. Um, this is really great for full body days. If you don't want to do like 10 different workouts, you could superset. So for example, the other day, me and my boyfriend hit a full body and for buys and tries, we went to the cables, we grabbed the rope and we would do like a cable rope hammer curl right into like a tricep push down. So all we would have to do is adjust the cable setting halfway through and then keep going with the workout. And I really like it that way too, because when you're working opposing muscle groups, it's a really unique feeling because a lot of us are used to pairing um, muscle groups that, you know, work together in a workout. You know, we do chest and tries, back and buys together. But when you start mixing them up, I really like how it targets the different muscles. So that's a really great tool to use. As for drop sets, drop sets are when you lower the weight for your workout and then just keep going. I really like using these with machines or cables where you just have to adjust the pin to change the weight. This doesn't really work as well with pl any plate-loaded exercise, I would say. And then for dumbbells, it could work, but you don't want to be that person that, like, hogs the whole dumbbell rack, <laughs> you know? So I would definitely say using machines or cables with a pin are best for drop sets. So let's say you're doing... Uh, calf raises on the machine with like 150 pounds you do 10 reps and now you can't do any more with that weight so you drop it down to you know 110 pounds and then you keep repping it out that's what a drop set is these are like so good for manipulating failure right so with that calf raise example with the 150 pounds you hit that 10th rep and you can't do another rep without breaking form with 150 pounds all right well you hit failure. Instead of stopping there, you can lower the weight and keep going. So you're manipulating failure, right? This is adding a lot of good volume. It's also great for burning out a muscle group, just like supersets. And the way that I really like utilizing this is with AMRAP training, which is as many reps as possible. I don't know if people read it out as AMRAP, but whenever I read that abbreviation in my head, that's what I call it. So that's what I'm calling it, AMRAP. But I really like using this to end off a workout. So like I said, with machines, it's the best. So normally on a leg day, I like finishing with like a leg curl or a leg extension machine. I will pick a weight that feels pretty good for me. I'll wrap it out anywhere from 10 to 15 reps, as many as I can. And then I drop it once, I keep going. I drop it, I drop it, I drop it until I've reached, uh, I think it's typically 30 pounds is the lightest in the um, leg extension leg curl machines on the stack, but I'll just go until there's no more weight left to push, right? The reason why I think this is so good is because it's really fatiguing that muscle. It's burning it out and it's just like giving it your final push. It's giving it your all at the end. So maybe you had, you know, a little bit of energy left in the tank. This is really making sure you are just putting all that work in. Lastly, for this variant, I have giant sets. So 
giant sets are not nearly as common as supersets and drop sets are, but basically what a giant set is, they're like supersets, but they are with three or more exercises strung together. So a superset is when it's just two workouts back to back, a giant set is when there's three or more. So these are good for all of the same reasons as supersets, you know, they save time, they help with endurance, um, they can burn out a muscle group, they pack an extra volume, all of those same reasons. But with these, I think my number one tip would be just don't be that guy that takes up everything in the gym. <laughs> like, we all know that person where you're about to hop on a machine and some guy runs from the other side of the gym and he's like, no, I was using that. I'm, I'm doing a circuit. I was using that. My, you know, my towel's there. Like, <laughs> like, there's always like, and they're always hogging the machines, you know, but don't be that guy. But giant sets are absolutely very effective. I think the two best things they're good for is saving time and endurance, honestly. If you're doing three or four or five workouts back to back, which holy fuck, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't really utilize this too much. I feel like a superset is good enough for me volume-wise, but you're definitely going to need someone or you're going to need to be someone with very good endurance, right? So, I think that's what they're good for. That's all I really have to say about them. I feel like they're pretty self-explanatory since I already touched on supersets, but yeah, giant sets, they're just with a bunch more exercises. All right, number six. This episode flew by. Holy shit. Okay. It's because I didn't have much to say in my catch-up. Ugh, I'm just, I just love talking about myself, don't I? <laughs> anyway, lastly, number six for variants you should be adding to your workouts is start using different grips and attachments, right? So this goes for literally everything, even down to a bicep curl. Let's say you're used to doing it supinated where your palm is facing the ceiling. Start doing a bicep curl in reverse. Have your palm face the ground and then do the same curl motion, you know? You're going to be working the bicep differently. You're going to be getting some far forearm action in. Um, even with lat pulldowns, playing around with all those attachments, the way that you deadlift, you know, mixed grip, overhand, hook grip, the way you do barbell bent over rows if you do it supinated, or overhand, whichever you want to do. Whenever you use different grips and different attachments, these are targeting different parts of the muscle, right? So let's say you do a lat pull down where your palms are facing you, right? So a supinated lat pull down. You're going to get a lot more bicep recruitment because your biceps, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory, you know, you're putting your arms in a position where your bicep muscle would be used more. This also varies the movement slightly. So let's say instead of a mixed grip for deadlifts, you start doing a hook grip. That's going to feel a bit different. You're also putting on a different kind of stimulus on the muscle. So let's say you're used to overhand bent over rows and then you start doing underhand. You know, you're hitting it in a slightly different way. You're, you know, putting a different kind of stimulus there. So that can also help you break through plateaus, um... And then you can also just play around with these depending on how much you want to hit that muscle. So like I said with my bicep example, right? I really like this because it spices things up a bit. A bit. You can learn new techniques and you might realize that you prefer one grip 
over another, right? So when I would do bent over rows, I used to do overhand all the time just because that's what my boyfriend did. So I would always do overhand rows. One day I switched it to underhand and I realized that for my mind muscle connection, it actually feels so much better for myself. It makes so much more sense. I like that my biceps are being used a little bit more. I like how it targets my back and it overall just feels like a better movement for me, for myself. It clicks better, right? Well, using a different attachment might feel better for your mind muscle connection over another. Same thing with lat pull downs. A lot of people like using the just like that straight bar that then on either end it kind of like starts oops i just hit my mic <laughs> i hope that wasn't too loud for you guys um then it starts like dipping down at the ends i like i think it's called the mag attachment mag i'm actually gonna look that up real quick because i don't want to be spreading false inflammation information inflammation mag attachment lap pull down i'm pretty sure this is what i'm talking about images yes perfect so basically it's when it's more of a neutral grip so for me i just like the plane of motion that it puts my lats in more i feel like i can just feel them so much better it targets them more i can really feel that squeeze versus having my palms facing away from me right i kind of like them facing in more but that's just my personal preference and i know some people that you know, like hitting their biceps more in lat pull downs. Maybe they like the wider grip or more narrow, whatever feels best for you. But remember when you are picking a grip that you still want to switch things up every once in a while. So I'm guilty of this with my lat pull downs. The mag attachment is my absolute favorite, but it would also be very valuable if I did like a super wide lat pull down or more narrow or I play around with my palms facing towards me versus away from me when I'm doing the lat pull down. All those different things because, like I said, it's targeting, it's targeting different parts of the muscle. It's varying the movement. You're putting that kind of different stimulus on there. So I think it's really important to play around with your grips and attachments because you're going to be hitting the muscle at all angles. Not just... And with these grips and with these attachments, I'm not just talking about, you know the cable attachments, and where you put your hands. There's also a bunch of other really fun tools you can use in the gym, like those, um, what are they called? The fat grips, where basically it makes the dumbbell, like you have to like, it's a wider grip when you hold on to it. You can look it up and it, you know, puts a lot more emphasis on your forearms because you're really having to squeeze more and hold on to it better. You can use these, I wish I knew the name of them, but there are these little straps with like then a plastic um, handle that you can put your arm around, your hand around, and basically you can loop these around barbells and then start holding the barbell in a bunch of different ways too. Just look them up, find different ways that you can spice up your movements. You can spice up your, you know, your grip, helping your grip strength out, doing all these different variants, not just with um, the different grips and attachments, but overall, everything I've talked about this episode just play around with things in the gym and don't be afraid of looking silly. You know, don't be afraid of not fully understanding what you're doing, right? Because everyone is there to learn. Everyone is there to better themselves. And I just think that the gym is the place to learn new things, right? And if you don't feel comfortable practicing a new movement in the gym setting, look it up online at home. Practice it at home. If you have a couple dumbbells or 
even just like imitating the movement with your own body weight, right? Trying out new things will never hurt. On that note, I am going to wrap the episode up right there. I hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with me this week. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, definitely give me a little five-star review and a written review. If you listen on Spotify, you can still give me some five stars. And if you want to see more of this podcast, you can check it out on Instagram at interactive.podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at AngelaR.fit. You can find my links, all my links in my link tree linked down in the show notes. You can see my OF, my Amazon storefront, all my discount links, my support links. Go check those out. And yeah, that's all I have for you guys. And I will see you guys next Friday. Bye, guys.